Hello everyone and welcome back to Inclusiverse. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Kali Kalida. I'm joined by my other incredible host, Nick Hamilton. Hi there. How are you? Not bad, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very, very excited for this episode because this is all dedicated to you and your story. And it's really important, I think, that you have so much to share and so much for people to understand uh, and it's it's an inspirational story and you know we mentioned those in words in the um, introduction episode and you know this story truly is inspiring you're uh, an absolutely incredible individual that has so much that you can share so I'm really looking forward to hear more about you so I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you tell me more about your story. I won't go into too much detail I'll go into as much as I can um, with the time that we have uh but I will start, um, me, I was born uh, two months premature. I was diagnosed with spastic diaplegia, which is a, a form of cerebral palsy. Um, now, cerebral palsy is like a, an umbrella of loads of different types of conditions. You've got tons of different conditions, so it affects so many different people in so many different ways. Um, I have diaplegia, which is which is two limbs. Um, you have hemiplegia, which is like down one side, so it's just um, affecting one side of, one, of a person. Then it can get as, as serious not being able to you know, feed yourself, not being able to walk, being constantly reliant on a helper or in a wheelchair. Um, and so I, I now class myself as, you know, one of the lucky ones. I'm able to, I'm able to walk and do whatever I, I wanted to do, but um, it wasn't initially like that. So, so when I was born, I, I wasn't breathing. Um, I was whisked away into an incubator. I was in an incubator for six weeks. Uh, my parents didn't think I would make it. Fortunately, I did. Um, and then I wasn't really progressing like a normal able-bodied child. I wasn't able to to stand. wasn't able to take my first steps. So I wasn't diagnosed at this at this this age at this time. So my parents just looked at each other, thinking, "Wow, uh, there's something not really right with our son." Um, so they took me back to the the hospital 18 months or so later. So I was 18 months old, and they diagnosed me with CP. They said that I'd never be able to walk, um, and that my um, I was born with a squint, so I have a, a lazy eye. So when I'm looking at you, Callie, you might think I'm not, um, <laughs> but I really am. <laughs> um, they said that I would severely deteriorate as I got older, so it wasn't looking very like fruitful for me as a child. And and you know, there's there's so many parents out there that are, are given this sort of information of your son or daughter is disabled and their future doesn't look bright. Uh, my parents were one of those, and. They obviously had my brother, who is seven and a half years older than me, even though he acts seven and a half years younger than me most of the time. I'm definitely, definitely the most mature, better looking, and and more talented, or most talented out of the both of us. Absolutely. Obviously, always why great. I'm on this podcast. Yeah. Um. But but obviously he's fully able bodied. My parents um had never had a disabled son before, and it's not like you can you know go to a library, pick up a book, and learn more about how to bring up a child with CP or any disability. So. My parents had to just hit and hope and it was all about trial and error really i think they they collectively came together to uh make myself as uh, make my life as tough as possible and not wrap me up in cotton wool so i basically had to learn to um have this this disabled body but live in an able-bodied world and my parents never allowed me to take the easy route so my dad is a pretty hardcore um guy he he's west indian and you know, he, he he's very well versed in tough love. So he was always shouting at me, being like, Nick, pick up your feet. You know, stop falling over. Why are you doing all of this? But like, Dad, I'm like four years old. <laughs> I don't even know what I've got in terms of a condition, you know. And, and initially when I first started with my condition, um, my legs were constantly bent. So I, I could only stand on my tiptoes. 
um, and I could never really take a step. Every time I tried to take a step, I was that tight, the spasticity in the muscles, it almost felt like someone was trying to push me back, almost. I could never clear the floor with my right leg. Um, so I was just falling over, hitting my head all the time, always finding the corner of something, the corner of my dad's hi-fi system on my mum's plant pot. I felt like I was just like bleeding to death. And my parents, they, as long as I hadn't like broken an arm or a leg, they just would look in the opposite direction and walk off. So I, I grew up feeling like they didn't love me. <laughs> um, but really it was because they needed me to be as independent as possible. Um, so then I went to, to, um, to schooling. Um, I, I went to an able-bodied school. My parents didn't want me to go to a disabled school or a school for, for disabled people. So I grew up around able-bodied people, but it was tough because I didn't understand who I was. I didn't understand why I was different. I was never accepted. Kids were always staring at me, making me look different, making me feel like I was some sort of alien, laughing at me, joking about me. Um, and I was the only person of color um, at both of my schools, at my primary school and my secondary school. So it was like a double whammy almost for me, um, you know, and at eight years old, I was always already questioning my purpose. You know, why me? Why have I been given this disability? Because I think it's one in 500 births now diagnosed with CP. And I just wanted to be like all my other friends who were all able-bodied um, and they were all, they were all white. So I just wanted to be like them because I felt like I was the only disabled person I've ever seen before. Mm. I'd never um, seen another disabled person at all. Um, so I felt like I was the only disabled person in the world at the time. So I felt super isolated. Mm. Um, but my parents always sheltered me from any racial issues that I had. Um, and then obviously with my brother being who he is, which is, you know, seven time fallen world champion, Sir Lewis Hamilton, which is obviously not a big deal. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up around motorsport. Motorsport was, was, was my life. Um, but I was trying to overcome this condition. I couldn't walk long distances and you know the world is an able-bodied world it doesn't really make allowances for disabled people able-bodied people think they do but they really don't um some of them do and some of them really help disabled people which is a which is a, a massive bonus for us um but really for us we've got to figure out a way where we feel more at ease and i did that through being in a wheelchair because i couldn't walk long distances and it really helped me but then i started getting bullied when i was 15 you know people coming up behind me pulling me backwards in my wheelchair and making me feel really rubbish and yeah it was a real tough period of time for me because I needed this wheelchair to continue in my life and you know I wanted to 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 start getting a girlfriend and you know I wanted to feel loved but I didn't feel like I would ever be loved in a wheelchair because all these kids were just staring at me and making me feel rubbish and you know all these so-called cool kids were getting the the real fit girls at school and they're all going out and having a drink and a laugh and I just couldn't do any of that so uh long story short I got to 16 and you know I was growing a beard I was I was ripped I was really buff because I was pushing my body weight constantly every day um you know and this 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 lady we were going to a, a race with Lewis and she was checking us in at this airport and she she didn't look at me at all she just looked at my mum and said Mrs Hamilton can your son you know does he require any assistance? Can he walk stairs? Can he do this? Can he do that? And she never looked at me as an individual, as a person myself. So I sort of blamed myself because I was like, well, I'm only in this wheelchair because I feel like I can't walk long distances, but I really can um, if I really put my mind to it. Now, I initially could only stand on my tiptoes when I was a kid, but I was given a life-changing operation to to basically extend the tendons in my in the back of my legs. 
it's called a tendon release so they went in the back of the hamstrings back of the ankles and the groin so I was able to stand up um, when I was 16 but I just didn't have the mental strength to push through and I decided that I was never going to be in my wheelchair ever again if if that meant that able-bodied people would just look through me all the time so um, yeah I haven't been in my wheelchair now for 16 years um that's incredible yeah and just always wanted to race but didn't think i'd ever be able to race um ended up getting an opportunity to to potentially drive a car i did really well at it i won't go into detail of how but um i ended up then training three hours a day to to race against able-bodied people and um you know i i put my body through a lot of torture and pain you know i've got scoliosis in the spine so I pop ribs on a daily basis and my pelvis moves out of line, all that sort of stuff. But I always wanted to race. Racing was my thing. Um, and so I dedicated my life to my motorsport. And in 2015, I became the first disabled athlete ever to compete in the British Touring Car Championship. The British Touring Car Championship is the pinnacle of British motorsport. Mm. Um, That's an incredible achievement. Thank you. Like a, like amazing achievement. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I'm the only disabled athlete in the field, so... I like to class myself as like a Paralympian in the Olympics. Um, and so, you know, it's hard work because I, I do a, all of the finance and sponsorship and everything myself. Everybody thinks because of who my brother is that he would pay for, for that to happen, but he really doesn't. He he is offered, but I I I want to do it all on my own and, and feel like I've earned my position and my right to, to be there um, as my own individual. Um, so, so yeah, now I race in the British Touring Car Championship, uh, been there now for five, I'm in my, I'm in my fifth season. Um, and, uh, yeah, 2020, I became the first ever athlete to score points in the series. And then, um, that was, I had, I finished 15th to, to do that. And, uh, two weeks ago I finished sixth, um, in, in, uh, in the first round of the championship, uh which was pretty incredible uh, for me to, to do so well. So continuing to move forward, but using my motorsport as a as an anchor to show people what you can do with a disability and, and almost to put your middle finger up to some of the doctors mm -hmm. that just perceive that, oh my God, you've got a disabled son or daughter, yeah. y your life's over. Um, and, and now I've realized that now I'm here to share my experiences, um, to help people that were in the position of my parents, mm -hmm. uh, who were parents of, of a disabled person thinking, God, how the hell are we going to, how are we going to, to, to bring him up? What's, what's he going to look like when he's 31 years old? What's his life going to look like? Um, and so I'm just here to, to share my experiences and inspire other people to, to make the best of, of a bad bunch sometimes. And, and you, you dealt a certain hand and you've got to do what you can with it. Um, so through this podcast, you know, I'll be, I'll be sharing more experiences from myself, but also learning a lot from other people as well and, and trying to, to help society and and everyone um, in the world understand disability a little bit better um, because there's a lot of disabled people that don't want to talk about it. They're very scared to, to open up. Um, and uh, there's no question that you could ask me that would upset me. It's all about asking any, anything you want and I'll give you an honest answer. So, yeah, a little bit about me. Wow. I mean, that's the, the first time kind of we've been in this environment and and to hear you talk so openly and talk about some things that are quite difficult to to hear and and you could must have been even more difficult for you to to kind of deal with growing up you know I'm really appreciate it and I'm sure the listeners will as well how open and how honest you have been you mentioned in our introduction episode that mental health is something that's really important to you 
how has having CP affected your mental health from like being a kid and, and seeing all these able-bodied people and not really understanding what's going on to now being a very, very accomplished and successful British racing car driver? Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, um, I didn't really didn't really realise um, until quite recently. And quite recently is because um, I've been very open to mental health. Um, I've been to, to multiple different... Um, psychologists um doing different techniques etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, i've done emdr which is based around trauma which which i would 100 percent um recommend for for everybody i think everybody should at least have a go a little bit with with emdr it's incredible um but but now I, i'm in therapy now and i have an amazing um relationship with my therapist and the more i, I sit and i just talk about myself the more i realize how much of an impact my disability actually had on my mental state as a young kid that I carried with me for such a long time. You know, you, you can so easily go through life thinking, no, 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 I'm totally fine, totally fine. There's nothing wrong with me mentally. You know, I'm, up, I'm not upset, I'm really happy. Um, but I'm gonna be open and honest and, and say that um, I was a really lonely person. I felt very lonely and isolated as a disabled person. Um, my mum, I'm a huge mummy's boy. Um, I absolutely love and adore my mum. She understands absolutely everything there is to understand with my condition. Um, and I've always said that, but also she doesn't actually have to live with it. Yeah. You know, so it's the difference, right? She can help you as much as she can, but then she can't, she doesn't actually live with it on a daily basis. And I've realized that even though my family have been absolutely incredible in terms of helping me and supporting me and guiding me. I'm still very lonely with I'm the only one that has to go through the physical pain, the mental pain, the struggle of not being able to walk or get up a step or or, or just being completely um, shut out from people. Um, and so it really has taken its toll, but I've learned so much through my life now as a 31-year-old that I'm super strong at my core um, with anything to do with my disability that no one really can knock me off my centre, you know, um, I've got such a good relationship um, with myself, but a good relationship with my disability as well. And I know my limitations, what I can, what I can't do. Um, and I, I accept that I'm different and I'm proud to be different and I'm proud to be unique um, because I think that's super important. Um, and I'm proud and open to, to, to talk about, you know, how I've been feeling in the past and, and, and really, you know, I got to a stage when I was, I don't know, like, I'm 31 so when I was 20 23 um you know I preferred being asleep than being awake sometimes you know just I felt like if I go to sleep I don't have to deal with it anymore and and um no one can get to me you know um and then when you wake up in the morning you're like another day of it you know how do we move forward and you just don't feel like there's any light at the end of the tunnel um but I've got through it and, and I'm so proud to, to have got through that moment and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living proof of, of going through some dark times like everybody has in the world um, and everyone does on a daily basis, um, you know, to, to try and inspire people to, to keep ploughing forward. Your story is just so inspirational and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of of everything that you've kind of been through yeah it's very deep it can go a lot deeper yeah. um but look i'm just one of millions and billions and trillions of people that have a story you know i'm, I'm no different or any better than anybody else here um yourself 
Callie as well. You know, everybody has a story, um, but for some reason, everyone wants to listen to mine. Um, but my story isn't any any more special than anybody else. Um, I've just realised, you know, through EMDR as well. I did EMDR through EMDR. Um, you know, I, I had an epiphany and realised that okay, the reason of why I am this this way and why I have this disability um, is to be a voice for other people. Um, because I'm so open and honest, and yeah, I've achieved some really cool things. You know, I can now be a role model, even though I never wanted to be a role model. I didn't plan to be a role model, but I'm now a, a person that people can look up to and think, yeah, my disabled son or daughter with CP or any disability could potentially be a racing car driver or get involved in motorsport or, or whatever. And he's being open about di mental health and situations of feeling really low and at some, at some cases, you know, suicidal um, and realizing that you can get through all of that and be okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not that special at all, not special at all. I'm just myself. Um, but yeah, I'm here to, to inspire as many people as I can as, as I'm on this planet. That's amazing. And for, and for listeners that, that don't know, what is EMDR? So, so EMDR, I mean, I don't know the details of it cause I'm not, a, I'm not a psychologist. Um, but it's basically a technique through, through tapping. Um, and so you go into, you know, a mindfulness state in, in your session and your therapist starts asking you questions about, you know, a certain scenario or situation that you've been in in the past. And for me, it was one of my racing accidents. I had a big, huge accident when I was 19. Um, I hit this barrier 120 mile an hour, knocked myself out on impact. Um, I had a massive traumatic state around this whole situation and got to a point of how you felt in that scenario, in that position, you know, did you feel, you know, lots of things were coming out with like, you know, I was feeling like I could potentially die or the car was going to go on fire or all that sort of stuff. And you end up, you know, tapping through all these difficult feelings and situations that you, that you felt, um, and then get to a point where you can reprogram your, your mind into a more positive state and be like, okay, so let's say I, I crashed at this circuit called Thruxton. So it was like, okay, so you crashed at this circuit called Thruxton. You know, it was very traumatic. You felt like you could potentially kill yourself or kill other bloody um, marshals or all that sort of mm. stuff. But what would it be in a positive state? And then you start re uh, retraining your mind and your brain. Um, and it got to a point, you know, it found me like two seconds of lap time by the time I got there the next year. So um, yeah, very, 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 very powerful. Wow. Honestly, the more that you speak, the more I'm just inspired. It's crazy. I look at you and listen to you so intently. Um, you know, I really appreciate you sharing, even if it is just kind of a brief overview of your story. And I feel like we're going to unpack more of that as we move into our kind of later episodes of Inclusiverse, especially. And it kind of encompasses those inwards that we talked about in our um, introduction episode. So we talk about inspiring, individual, incredible you certainly fit all of those words and so much more. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We're so excited for the next episode. Thank you to our listeners for uh, listening to us talk for the last 20 minutes or so. You can catch us on all of your favorite streaming platforms, as well as heading over to brandpartnershipgroup.com forward slash Inclusiverse to submit any questions, uh, suggest future episode topics, and also apply to appear as one of our guests. Nick, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you very much, too.